You're listening to the Seasons Change Podcast. Oh, yeah, it's time for another episode of Seasons Change. I'm your host, Vactor. I've got the always angry Jeff W. with me. Just so you know, Seasons Change is your weekly geekly dose of everything Jeff and I have been consuming throughout the week, whether it be movies, TV shows, comic books, video games, anything that comes across our desk, we're going to talk about it on Seasons Change. So we usually start the show off with a main discussion and then kind of give each other's recommendations for the week, what we think you've been checking out. But this week, we're going to try out something new. We're going to try to move around the format of the show. And this is all fluid, so we're going to change this as it goes. We're going to be talking about comics at the start. So, Jeff, let's get right into it. What did you read this week for our let's, our inaugural episode of Comics Corner? What, what were you reading this week? You know... I, at first, I was going to ask you if you wanted to do some uh, stab movie trivia Ooh. first. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. <laughs> um, we can no. do that in our main discussion. Yeah. Um, so I've been reading uh, The Dark Knight's Metal. Yes. Much to your recommendation. Yes, yes. And um, just, you know, we won't make it too quick. Cause I'm only, so when I, when I got the series and I was looking up, you know, like, hey, what do I need to read here? Um, it's more of like an event. Yes. Uh, than I initially thought. I thought this was just the continuation. I didn't know they were pushing, pushing oh, this with okay. other characters. So I, I was yes. unaware of that. Um, okay. And the, and the maybe, follow-up is also an event. Yeah, I was saying mainly because we could talk about it, but, I mean, comics are confusing, and the way they do it is uh, confusing to a newcomer <laughs> sometimes. So I, like, don't know what's you know what's going on. So I... Yes. Um, I need to look up what, what those issues were uh, that I read. But anyway, it bleeds into a couple other things. Um and I got through though I got through those first initial issues, and then I got through a couple of the actual book itself. Um, okay, and that's six um, issues total. Yeah, so I've, I've, I'm a little bit in, um, and I'm. I guess my main question is, why is this so weird? <laughs> why <laughs> is this like this? Uh, the concept is a little. I didn't expect this from them, um, especially, I mean, I wouldn't say that the Snyder run prior was grounded, you know, or super grounded, but it was a little bit, you know, there wasn't like any kind of uh, fantasy or like fantastical elements. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This like uh, multidimensional thing going on here. Right. so I will say, like in that, in terms of that, it surprised me, which I like. You know, okay. I wasn't expecting. Yeah, but it is just weird. Uh, yes, I'm like, I'm like, this is kind of. You know what it feels like? To be honest with you, it feels like Capullo and Snyder were talking to each other, and then they like uh, were like, "Hey, we want to put metal <laughs> in front of Batman." Yeah, we want. Yeah, they actually book, said that. There was an interview with. In yeah. a lot of the interviews leading up to it, Snyder said specifically they were just having a conversation, and they're into you know rock and he- and metal music, mm-hmm. and so they kind of just wanted to put that into Batman. So yeah, yeah, if you think of that in the back of your mind as you're reading it, I think that also is like a framework for oh ev- why why are they talking about music? Why are they talking about mm-hmm. the cosmic? 
chords and things like that, it's all because of the metal and the rock influence. Yeah. So yeah, and why you do, keep and, that in the back of your mind. And, and why do they keep saying the word metal? Yes. Over and over again. Yes. I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, I guess what? I should have set that up for you. I forgot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. you know, and, and I had a, a slight hint at that because if you, you know, I follow both of them on, you know, whatever, Twitter, Instagram yes. stuff. Right. Um and you know, like Capullo's way into you know heavy metal music yes, and stuff. Yes, right. Uh, so I figured it was something leaning towards you know, like hey, they want to figure out a way to put that on like a comic book cover, which is fine to me, but also feels a little weird. You know, like uh, it feels a little forced in that mm-hmm. in that way. I think because um, you could use any word for whatever they're saying. You know, right. I think at some point to this, we're like, no, it's the metal. You could be like, you could put any word in right. in replacement of that. Um, you know, I'm, and that's I'm like interested. the or, go ahead. that's like the start of the the foundation is oh okay it comes from heavy metal but then mm-hmm. they turn into the literal word metal in the comic where they're like okay yeah. all of these different elements of metal throughout the DC universe are incorporated and they have armor and it it goes into all yeah, those yeah they're all literally wearing armor yes. Uh, you know, Superman and yeah. Wonder Woman, well, actually, Green Lantern, or whoever's in that. I'm trying to remember who's in that one. There's that one photo of them in that, like, uh, it looks like a, it's like a Coliseum type of thing where yes. they're like battling things. Right. Uh, That's the, all the very suits. Yeah. right. The very beginning is the Justice League. So it's Wonder Woman, Superman, uh, Cyborg, Flash, and Green Lantern. Yeah. And they're all coming together and they're fighting Mongol. But actually, that's a good thing. Real quick, Jeff, give your from what you've read so far. Give your synopsis, like. For Wonder Rob from the Seasons Change podcast, oh my God. I'm sorry, from the Geek So to Speak podcast, give him your synopsis. Like if if he was asking you, hey Jeff, what is this metal about? What's this Dark Knight's metal? I mean, it is. So this <laughs> is going to be hard because it's confusing to me still. So there's this like intergalactic like. So basically, it starts off that you know Green Lantern and the Green Lantern, the Lantern Corps, whatever we want to call them, are like, hey, there's something wrong. And then Green Lantern goes down to you know Wayne Manor, and they're like, uh oh. And then uh, they they talk about this. You know, he finds like this like portal on the wall and goes through it. And then there's like the the Joker's in there. And then there's like this whole backstory of this like it's like this metal like. What would you call that? Like this, I, don't, I wouldn't call it like a statue or a, a a tower. It's like this metal thing giving off all this energy, and then uh, it, it. This is and this is where it kind of lost me in some aspects. There's like it's revealing these like other you know universes, these other like dimensions where these there's like evil Batman. Yes. So <laughs> and, that yeah, that leads yeah. into a huge thing that they've been going. This is going back through dc history so yeah if you have any questions about that um mm-hmm. ask me and i'll i'll let you know but but for you coming in as somebody who didn't know that yeah just kind of say your experience yeah um and so yeah and that's kind of where i'm at with it um so they're you know they they were discovering it uh that's kind of where you know i got into the issues um and so yeah it seems like there's just they are setting up well, you know, basically it seems like setting up a way to make various different versions of these characters yes. all. And it, that it is, seems pretty large. It doesn't yeah. seem like, you know, like it's not like they're doing it for one character, even though I see that one Batman with the uh, 
the Joker, Joker mask, smile. the Joker yeah. smile, and like right. the weird thing over his face. I see that all the time, so I assume yes. that's going to come into play. Yes, um, this is where he comes from. But and yeah. he is like the character that DC is trying to has been trying to shove down people's throats for the last five years. Mm-hmm. Even though I've seen some backlash, like people are like, "Okay, we we get it. the The Batman who laughs is his name." Yeah. We we get it. He's he's Batman, but he's got the Joker's smile. All right, let's move mm-hmm. on. But they've yeah. been like pushing him really hard, and to mm-hmm. the point where he's in Fortnite now. He's like a character um, in the Fortnite oh, wow. comic book. Okay, I did not know they put him in there. That's funny. yeah. But basically, to give if anybody's not uh, or if anybody does not know about Dark Knight's Middle, what it is is a way to get Batman versions of every character. So, oh, okay. Here's the Green Lantern Batman. Here's the Superman Batman. Here's the Wonder Woman Batman. Here's the Cyborg Batman. It's all these Batmans from different universes. They're all Bruce Wayne, but they had something different happen in their lives where they turned into Superman. They turned into Wonder Woman or whatever, like all Mm -hmm. of the Justice League analogs, but it's Batman and they're all evil. And so they all come from the dark multiverse, which is the inside. That's another thing. This is the first time they've ever talked about a dark multiverse, which is the flip side of the light multiverse, which is what we've always known in the history of reading DC Comics. There's been 52 universes, 52 Earths. So this is all multiverse stuff, which Marvel's been playing around with the Spider-Man and stuff, but it's DC. Also, Jeff, for you, did yep. you know there was a soundtrack released with the graphic novel in, in 2018? A six-track EP featuring heavy metal songs by Jerry Cantrell, Chino Moreno, and a bunch of others. So if you're interested in metal, there's that. But it's these two guys. The writer's Scott Snyder. The artist is Greg Capullo. They're like in their late 40s, you know, 50s, talking about the good old days of heavy metal. That's another like thing that they just mm-hmm. wanted to do. So that's oh. the premise. So it sounds great, you know. You can listen to some uh, washed-up guys make yeah. a, a record, and, and do that. you know. And I, I think that's where I'm getting. And you know, like that's kind of like they were discovering, like, oh, this word means Wayne in yeah. Arabic or whatever right. it was. I can't right. remember what it was. Like they're like discovering that stuff yeah. that it like seems to be variations of of the Wayne family or Bruce right. Wayne and all that stuff. But I did want you to read it specifically because you enjoyed Scott Snyder's Batman Run so much, which mm-hmm. was. The Court of Owls, Death of the Family, Zero Year, and Endgame. And so yeah. this is supposed to be, like, we thought Endgame was the end. And then yeah. they came back. So that's why I wanted you to read this. And then the sequel, which is Dark, what is it? Dark Knight's Metal. Now, Dark Knight's Metal is this one. And then there's mm-hmm. Death Metal. Sorry, there's Death Metal Death is the follow-up. The next. Yeah. And I will say just real quick, so we don't, like, we don't have to drag on too long <laughs> on this. But, um. Never. The, uh, <laughs> it, uh. Snyder's run, like up until what? What was it called when you got to the Flower Guy? What was that run called? Because there's definitely like, let me look that up. While there you're is talking. a drop off. Like the first, like his run with uh, the Riddler, those those books. Um, there was a a he had a lot. Mr. Bloom. Yeah, Mr. Bloom. Once once you get to that, I feel like I'm like okay, now we're. We're a little bit off the reservation. We're a little. We're getting a little weird for my taste, um, <laughs> especially when it's. It, you know, I don't need you to like make the most realistic story, but if you, you know, you need to ground it a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was maybe my problem with the Mister Bloom thing. It just seems such like such a weird thing, and and I don't know how you felt about it, but that's where I felt like I was like, wow, this thing. 
like maybe they ran out of great ideas for, <laughs> for this. Uh, yeah, that was actually the end. So Batman Endgame is where I'm looking up. He did okay, Endgame. Yeah, in Batman number 43 from 2015, and he was referred to by Snyder and Capullo as the anti Joker. Mm-hmm. I didn't have. I was kind of indifferent to Mister Bloom, or I guess I am indifferent. I don't dislike him. I don't like him. I just like Ooh. Greg Capullo's art. So seeing him drawn by Greg Capullo was like, all yeah. right, this is cool. Just I like seeing him. Yeah, and I say, just um, yeah, that is just a comment on that. Like that is as strong as ever in this. Like it is. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. He's always like delivers. I feel like and and just to make you could almost like not even put words on the screen. I just like to see what he, you know what he's doing right um, so everything he he does is always interesting to me and like even down to him like you know if you look you know you look back at, at those other ones like he he gave batman like a long cape on some mm-hmm. of those covers like he gave it that spawn bit of you know yes. like a little bit of a right. a massive cape um so he he does uh he's been yeah this is so at least that has been consistent to me the story i'm kind of like iffy on um so far but at okay. least that um is like the consistent thing through all those books even the ones i don't like um you're it, you know that is strong okay uh, i would say so when you're done come back and and let us know your thoughts on yeah. dark yeah. knight's metal and then we'll go to death metal after that yep i've been getting a chance to catch up on saga which is my favorite comic book and i have been behind so i said you know what we got it's been coming it's going to come back after a long hiatus on January 26 which is in yeah. not too long yeah a week at issue week. 55 so i said i need to get caught up because i forgot number 1 i forgot Ooh. where i left off that's number yeah. 1 and number 2 i want to be i want to not just jump back in and and not mm-hmm. cuz you build a momentum as you're reading it you build a right. kind of as you're going with the characters and the stories, it's, it's fresh in your mind. Yes, yeah. and if let's say if they want to re, um, revert back to or refer back to something that had happened previously, yeah. if I don't know what's going on, then it's like it'll go right over my head. So I said, you know what? Let me go back. So I went back to issue number one. I restarted mm-hmm. from issue one, and immediately I said, okay, I, now I remember why this is my favorite comic book, and yeah. it might be my favorite of all time. Like by the, it depends on how they stick the landing. Or if yeah. they stake the landing, but from at this point, it is my favorite comic book of all time. It is how, how deep are you right now? Sorry. I want to say I'm on issue seven. Okay, so I was gonna yeah. say um, you need to catch up. Number one, yes. Um, also, um, not to totally cut you off there, but uh, it uh, the the final issue is massive. Like it has okay. massive implications. Like literally, if you that's why like the omnibus or whatever they have that collection that they have of all right. the issues that I have it in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you, if you accidentally went to the last page, you yeah. have the biggest spoiler in the entire series. So that's I remember why you like, telling me that. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm like, yeah. I want you to catch up because that's, it is huge. Uh, right. And that's why I put it to the top of my list because I was actually right. But the week prior I was reading dark Knight's metal. So, mm-hmm. When I finished that, I said, all right, what's next? Oh, I got to get, I got to move Saga up to the top. So yeah. everything about Saga is fantastic. The art, Brian K. Vaughn is my favorite writer. So the writing is on point, the characters, the comedy, everything. I was, Like I was reading it and I was like, oh yeah, now I remember why this is my favorite. Like this is the perfect comic book for me. I'm laughing yeah. at almost every page. There's mm-hmm. always something that he says that makes me laugh. and. 
Also, another crazy thing is going reading it now. Mm-hmm. I'm a father now. I was not when I first read it, and I'm oh, seeing right, yeah. it different now because basically, if you don't know this, the story of Saga is there are two warring sides. There's these two alien Planets. races, yeah. and one person from each race um, gets they get together and they have a baby, and so they're trying to protect their baby because they're still at war. The families are or the the species are still at war, and that's like and, never happened. They don't know what that baby looks. You know what I mean? It's like a major yeah. controversy. It's like a it's like a TMZ level controversy. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And on top of that, then there's all these branching storylines of, all right, then they get bounties put on them. The bounty hunters are coming after them. And you're seeing from the bounty hunters perspective and you mm-hmm. like start falling in love with those characters. And then it just branches off from there. So all of those things are fantastic, mm-hmm. but they're, they're trying to protect their newborn baby. And so there are things that are happening with the baby that are, I'm sure Brian K. Vaughn must have taken it from real life because it's yeah. like, you don't know unless you're a father, these intimate details about having kids. So mm-hmm. it kind of bro- glossed over me as I was reading it the first time. Like it was funny, but now I have a new found level of understanding of it. So that's another mm-hmm. level of it that I'm getting this time. And I was sending my wife screenshots because that it is her favorite comic book because I got her into it, yeah. but she's not caught up. So I was sending her screenshots now that she was a mother and she had that experience of giving birth. All yeah. of these things hit differently now. So I had a great time just revisiting Saga and I can't wait to get caught up. Yeah, and I was say that's why any of the Brian K. Vaughn stuff to me is just, you know, it's just, it's always, you know, a step up. I think he's like probably mine and your favorite, like writer probably, you know, yeah. in comics, I would say. Um and this whole thing, like you, even you talk about like the different perspectives, like there's never in these, in the, in the 50 issues that I've read or, you know, I'm, I'm caught up. Um, there isn't a single storyline where I don't care about like what's happening or is right. not interesting. There's no to me. filler. So, there's no, yeah, there's, doesn't feel like there's like filler to me or, you know, there can be filler spots, but like, I'm still interested in like the characters that he's developed. Right. You know, right. And that is the kind of where, and I'm that's, at, yeah. that's his strong point to me. Like writers have different strong points. Like, oh, maybe this guy writes action. You know, it's just like same thing with directors in in movies. This guy does action well. This guy does comedy well. Brian K. Vaughn, to me, his his characters. It's kind of like actually this is another like Joss Whedon. So the comedy is right, and then the characters are right. Like the the way that he does relationships between the characters, and he builds it up so you fall in love with these characters. If mm-hmm. something bad happens. You're like devastated because it's like that's your butt, that's your best friend. As you're reading it, yeah, um, you feel like that's your brother, or your family, or your or your best friend. So Brian K. Vaughn has always been like hitting, like even from the first comic I read of his, it was like, oh, this guy's different. And the reason why he's my favorite, I've said this many times, but not on this podcast. I think mm-hmm. the reason why he's my favorite is I've never read a thing I did not like from him. I can't say that for any other writer including alan moore who's like one of the best comic writers of all time yeah i haven't necessarily liked every single thing he's ever done so it also kind of like sets me up because i'm like dang there's got to be a miss here coming up like he's got a hit on something that does not Mm. resonate with me Uh, but so far everything has been great so anything by brian k vaughn i would recommend but in particular saga yeah if you haven't got caught up yet definitely with issue five coming back, I would catch up on Saga. Do you remember, do you remember Gus at all? 
It sounds familiar. On the cover. Let me know when you get the ghosts. Okay. That name my, sounds my familiar. favorite. <laughs> okay. You're going to laugh <laughs> when you get to them. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So that was our first comics corner. So we're going to play around with maybe the placement of that. But um, I do love talking comics. So I, I want to get some comic talk every week on this episode or on this podcast because on Seasons Change, mm-hmm. we had primarily focused on television to begin with. Then we kind of branched into movies and then comic books and video games. But our comic talk has been lacking lately, so we're going to well, have a dedicated corner now. Saying, with with Saga coming out, I mean, that's I'll be reading weekly on that, right? Like, that'll be every yeah. week. Don't and doubt. there's a ton of Batman books that are coming out now that I'm not caught up on, so I'm also interested in those. And, and Batman's your favorite character, so I want to yeah. talk about all of those things with you on Seasons Change. So let's get into our, our main topic this week. We watched Don't Look Up on Netflix, and for you specifically, I wanted you to watch it because of the political implications, and I didn't realize you hadn't seen every Adam McKay movie. I, I kind of just assumed no, that you well, were... No, yeah, when we talked about it, I was like, I'd seen some of these, but they were fucking weird. It was like Anchorman, and like, well, uh, you and, know, and, and I wanna, like other yeah. things. I was like, Well, I want to talk about weird. that, too, specifically, because... <laughs> He's had an evolution, like he has a track, but his most recent stuff, I mm-hmm. thought um, you were like it's right in your wheelhouse, right? So, yeah. and um, and so he did Vice as well, the Dick Cheney. Yes, movie. that was the and last that one. Is, that is something that, yeah, especially like history and American history, mm-hmm. um, it just interests me, and 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 it's it's one of those ones where I like. I meant to get around to it and I want to see it. And I still and like, you know, we were talking about when I, when I got the movie and I, and I was like, okay, now I'm going to watch this, you know, to prepare for it. And I just didn't get to it because of the other stuff we're watching. And yeah. we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, I just, yeah, he, there's, yeah, that is, I think some of these things are right, you know, right where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely after we finish this, I'll, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you more about his evolution, but for the, for the wonder robs of the world who, don't know anything about Don't Look Up. What is the, what's the premise, Jeff? What is this about? All right. Let me, should, I, should I open up my timer? <laughs> and give, and give myself the minute. Um, so basically, uh, just a quick rundown of it. There is Leonardo DiCaprio tries to play a nerd, and he doesn't <laughs> do a great job at being nerdy because we know that's Leo. And then Jennifer Lawrence also tries to play a nerd, but also you're like, you're Jennifer Lawrence. You're not a nerd. Um, <laughs> you're not people. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, basically they, they discover that there's a comet hurtling towards Earth that's going to basically, you know, mimic the, the dinosaur extinction or, you know, is several times larger than that or, or whatever. Yes. The, uh, the extinction level event. That. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so that's coming. And then... They the, the the basic gist of the story is that they tell the president there's a lot of politics happening here. Um, then they want to mine the comet, and then things go wrong at the end. Uh, but the real movie to me is basically a a mirror to our current culture of people arguing basically no matter what. You know, uh, basically. They, you know, there's a, there's a different factions of people who want, who don't believe in the comet or don't care. You know, you have major scientists revealing this discovery and no one cares. 
they're laughing at, you know, uh, different various pop culture things happening. Um, and it's basically a, a take on our current society with, with the COVID pandemic. Yeah. And actually that's a thing that I want to get into with you. Um, so yeah, that's the basic premise of don't look up. It's on Netflix. It's very easy for you to watch. And you had some notes when you were watching it because yeah. you watched it before I did and you had mm-hmm. some initial notes. So why don't you uh, get into that? Oh yeah. First of all, there's to start the movie, they're playing Chingy and yeah. like Kid, Kid Cudi and Wu Dang or Kid Cudi's in the movie. I should say he yes. plays DJ guy. Um, Cause Jennifer so, Lawrence is listening to these, this 2000 yeah. rap, like late nineties, early 2000 rap. Yeah. And, and now that I look back at it, now that I, you know, when I was looking or not this second, but you know, when I was looking back at the movies that Adam McKay had made, I was like, Oh, you know what? He does usually have like some interesting, like good music choices and, mm-hmm. and does, does very well with that. Um, so right. I liked that immediately off the bat. I was like, okay, you know, we got this, there's, um, it's pretty funny. There's a, the, what was the joke? The A I L F the A I L F astronomer. Like, I'd like, I'd to like F. to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <And I'm> like, <laughs> I was like, this is, this is stupid. Um, yeah. but then the other, the last note that I had actually noted down and, and this is, um, and, you know, just something I, I ran into and I was just thinking about it. And I was like, man, this is like, I could see why this would be hard to watch for somebody or this can be like, because it feels like you're living it, right? Like right. we're in this moment, and they're they're commentating on current society in a, in, a, in a way. Maybe maybe I just care more about it or something. Um, but it just feels it feels not the movie doesn't feel gross, but like it's like what they reveal in it, you know. And it's you're like the them ignoring you know scientific fact and people trying to protect them and you know the, trying to prepare for this comet and no one cares they're talking to ariana grande i can't remember what her her character is in the, right. in the movie um but they're you know they're they just don't care they're on the morning show and they don't even open with this you know they're yeah. like just talking about whatever stupid you know tmz article kind of thing is happening um and uh yeah it's just it's kind of like it almost feels a little too close to home. Like you almost would like separation from it. Uh, and right. it just feels it's, it's interesting that they did this in the middle of what we're currently going on. Like, and you know, I think, you know, it'd be interesting to see like, you know, in a hundred years, if this movie was still watched or if, you know, the earth hasn't exploded, like, you know, would this maintain relevancy? Like, does this hit the same? I, I, I don't, I don't know, you know? Right. Well, a couple of things. I had the exact same interpretation of it as you. As I was watching it, I said, dang, this is COVID. This is exactly what's going on right now with Trump and with COVID. Yeah. But then and the family members like Jonah Hill, and they mimic, I mean, they are mimicking Trump family members, basically, too. Like they, <laughs> are, they are mimicking the political, like, going ons. Right. The thing that was crazy was, as I was doing a little bit more research on the production of it this is all about climate change everything that they're saying is an allegory for climate change and covid was never even mentioned but then when i watched it i didn't think at all about climate change all i thought about was covid and what was going on currently this movie was written before covid Mm -hmm. and it's crazy the parallels to what actually has happened oh by the way we're going to spoil the movie just in case anybody doesn't know if you yeah. haven't seen Don't Look Up and you don't want to be spoiled, um, skip to the end. But yeah. this is a dramedy 
which is a lot like a lot of the previous Adam McKay movies. And and I want to go into that real quick. His evolution as a creator, as a he started off as kind of just like a writer, and then turning into a director. His comedies were kind of broad with Will Ferrell at first, and that's what you mentioned, like the yeah. Anchorman, the the Talladega Nights, the Step, Step Brothers. Brothers, and he's made some of my favorite. Those are you know. Uh, I, I don't know how they've, you know, I don't know if the kids these days like them, but those movies are <laughs> hilarious to me. Yes. Yeah, those are still, I think, considered legendary, um, mm. especially Anchorman with the memes. Talladega Nights, I don't think as much, but yeah. he had this working relationships with Will Ferrell, and, and it was kind of like you put him in a box, and it was, oh, mm-hmm. he does these goofy comedies. Same with Will Ferrell. Even though Will Ferrell has done dramas, and he's he's kind of stepped out of that, we still put him in that box. Oh, yeah. When you think of Will Ferrell, when you hear his name, same thing with Adam Sandler. He's going to be the funny guy, the the goofy guy. We did that with Adam McKay, and I think he's now evolved beyond just the goofy comedies. Now, he still does comedy, and we have that in Don't Look Up. We have yeah. kind of the parallels to society and the and the parody of society that's going on currently, but he's starting to be more dramatic, especially with vice mm-hmm. um, as I was watching. Cause vice was the only movie of his I had not seen. And it's all about Dick Cheney, exactly what was happening in the Bush administration. And it's much more, there are elements of comedy, but it, that's probably the, the heaviest drama he's done yeah. out of and, all these movies. And his next movie is, it seems it looks like it's going to be about, you know, Silicon Valley tech companies. So he is, you know, being very current and, uh, you know, what he's making. Right, yeah. It, and I was actually going to mention that too. Bad Blood is, they're in pre-production right now. Jennifer Lawrence is going to be playing Elizabeth Holmes and the Theranos. You can already hear her voice like she's going to do yeah. for it. But yeah, yeah. they were actually attached to that movie even before Don't Look Up, which is mm-hmm. crazy because he works with a lot of the same guys because even when I was watching Vice, I was like, oh, Tyler Perry plays Colin Powell and in Don't Look Up, he's the news anchor. He yeah. works with a lot of the same actors. Um, but, oh, even the other guys. He directed the other guys. Mm-hmm. You were still kind of thinking of him as only the the comedy guy. But then yeah. 2015, he directed the big short. And I think that's when it started to change, where it was all about the the real estate crash, the stock market crash, and, and mm-hmm. shorting stocks. I found all of that stuff to be tremendously interesting. And I think... You will as well when you watch it. That's actually yeah. my favorite of his movies. Mm-hmm. And that one also has kind of like a comedy element to it. But it's starting to be more mature. I think it's starting to, as he's aging. And I actually read something that said him and Will Ferrell are no longer tied together. Like they had a falling out or something happened between them. And oh, wow. so you you see more is on his own stuff and he's done a ton of producing as well if you look at his credits on imdb he's done a ton, mm-hmm. ton of comedy producing but the the stuff that i really wanted to talk about recently like i said was big short vice and then now don't look up his career has taken a different trajectory and it looks like it's going to continue that with bad blood and he's mm-hmm. one of these directors like tarantino like ryan johnson like wes anderson you know when i hear their names i don't have to hear anything else oh it's a it's an Adam McKay movie. All right, I want to see it. I want to see what's yeah. what's going to happen with this one. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to to like I said, 
just see the progression of where he's gone. Yeah. And I didn't. And I was going to say he's also doing the the Lakers that Lakers series. Yes, correct. That's coming up too. So he's got like he, very busy. He's working all the time. Yeah. Um, but I think for you, for the things that I think you like, like when I'm thinking about your sense of like sensibilities, mm. the political aspect and what's currently going on with the media and society. I think that's what I, what I thought you would like as I was watching, don't look up. I was like, Oh yeah, this is right up Jeff's alley as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like vice and the big short. So I found all of those things in don't look up to be very interesting, shining a lens on society. Another thing that I didn't even mention the cast is always fantastic in all these movies. He works with these A-level, like top list, like yeah. top tier guys. And that's no exception for this one. Leonardo DiCaprio does like one movie a year, if that. Right. And this was the movie that he did. Yeah. So it's like he's very choosy with what he's going to do. Mm. So him and Jennifer Lawrence, I, I trust they're, you know, what they're just not going to do anything, right? Yeah, yeah. And I and I think they and they're they're pretty good in here. But I do want to say, Leo, to, it, you know, it's hard to separate it from his face. Yes. You know? Like, right. he's he's not a guy that's going to come in and, like, um, I'm trying like to... Like a like, character actor, like... Yeah, he's not going to be somebody into the that, background. Like, yeah, that just comes in and I'm like, oh, my God, who's this? Like, right. I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, like, you're not a nerdy guy. So, right. like, every choice he makes is probably, you know, a little tougher to convince me that, you know, that that's not that guy. Right. You know, um... But uh, so in like and then, and then same with Jennifer Lawrence too, where I'm like, these aren't nerdy scientists. Like, right. come on, you know. Right. Uh, well, but you know, it's uh, funny. I they did good though. Like, yeah, in the movie. Uh, their performances are always great. Same with Meryl yeah. Streep. Like, you yeah. always know they're gonna do. Like, they're not gonna put in a bad performance. But it was yeah. funny. I was watching an interview afterwards, and they're just in their normal hair and makeup. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I forgot. Jennifer Lawrence does not have a bowl cut. Yeah. And red hair all the time. Oh, Leo yeah. doesn't look like that. Like they look yeah. like they're what you consider them to look like. Oh, these are movie stars. Like mm-hmm. these guys are attractive people. Yeah. Um, so that was funny to see that. But mm-hmm. yeah, the cast was great. Jonah Hill to me oh was my, God. my MVP because anytime he, he talked, I was just <laughs> laughing. And when he was like, Here, you want some water? <laughs> or he was like, Oh, you want to come in? And then like the cuts to him shutting the door. Like, there's <laughs> He's yeah. yeah I love anything that. he said to her. The the line he said, "Oh, thanks for dressing up." Like because she yeah. was in this, like I don't know what she was in, like a track suit or whatever. And, and they're going yeah. to the White House, and meeting yeah. the president, and everybody's in a suit. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, thanks for dressing up." Yeah. Anything he said to her, like, just made me laugh. Yeah. Um, and it was, as yeah, the that was, he was great. the rich, then, entitled president's uh, son. Yeah. He's got the Birkin bag, and that's yeah. what you see at the very end. They have like. <laughs> kind of like a montage of, oh, these are the items that represent, it's like the, mm-hmm. you know, the end credits. And it's like, these are the items that represent everybody. His was a Birkin bag. So that yeah. is supposed to tell you he's materialistic. He's all about kind of like yeah. image and appearance. And, and he's in, he's, what do you, what do you call it when he's like a real life, um, you know, comparison. Right. Um, um, yeah. I'm trying yeah. To like glory like, or whatever. I can't think of the right word. Right. Um, he is directly like from maybe surrogate. Yeah. Like Trump administration, like yes. the children, not Trump himself, right. but like the kids of the family. Like that is right. who he is clearly well, 
trying to like you know that is like what the, what that's what inspired that character whenever right. they were writing it obviously and there's a ton of trump like administration parallels yeah the hashtag don't look up i felt like was kind of like the maga like it was like this rallying mm-hmm. cry of, of people anti, to get around yeah whatever mm-hmm. establishment yeah. or whatever yeah and i that was just interesting to me like i said the parallels of society and i was listening to the film cast as i do every week mm-hmm. and jeff canada saying isn't this wild like how close this is to reality and dave chan was like yeah but i didn't think it went far enough in the parody i didn't think it it had enough balls or bite in the the actual criticism and it was just showing you hey this <laughs> is what real life is like and to me i'm like yeah but that's that's what's the crazy thing about it look how yeah. dumb this is look how yeah. like insane this is and this is not a movie this is real life people like this is exactly right. how it is and trump and covid showed us that even before that you know you had that in the background but now that we've gone through 2020 now that we've gone through 2021 it's just amazing to me to see that parallel in society of, you know, you and I are, are very similar in our beliefs. Science and logic are yeah. number one. Like when you're yeah. going against anything else, what is the science on it? What is the logic of it? Yeah. And not, oh, what's the most popular thing? What's everybody into? How do I feel or how can I make this, bend this to please my beliefs or whatever? Right. And yeah. Those all of those things, like I said, I find those interesting in real life, and I found them interesting in this movie, as well as I'm laughing at how dumb these people are putting basically greed, politics, business, all of those things ahead of science and logic. Yeah. And like you said, even with the morning show, mm-hmm. what's the top story? It's not the NASA launch. It's oh, j-lo broke up with ben affleck or whatever you know like that's the you're you're going to the 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 least common denominator the joe q public the Mm. all right what is gonna get what's the least offensive thing that everybody can get around instead of hey this is the either the hard topics to talk about or like you know what is the something that is science-based yeah no just in 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 that criticism i don't i if it doesn't bite hard enough, then, like, I don't know how you bite harder. Do you just put Trump in the movie and then just, you know, like, I think they were going for something a little more than just, like, a current time, you know, a time mm-hmm. piece. Right. Like, I think you're you're trying to make the point of, like, basically that conspiracy theory is mainstream. Uh, yes. It has been bubbling yes. for a while. But yes. it is it's it is with the pandemic and with something that, like, people don't truly understand, like, uh, you know, a vaccination um, yes. You know, the, you know, you know, conspiracy theories are mainstream now. Like it is not like your your friends, uh, your friend's uncle in the basement or whatever, right. you know, spouting off of Alex Jones garbage and like right. 9-11 bullshit. Like it is, you know, half the people, you know, are probably into like some conspiracy theories that make. And there's funny ones like to me, like, you know, there's interesting ones like, you know, if you don't think jfk was killed or however jfk was killed like there's a a certain point where you're like all right that's interesting right or right you know but if but if you're into the conspiracy point of where you think like george bush you know 
put down the towers, like you're out <laughs> of your mind. You're, right. You know what I mean? And like, I think, you know, you don't need to like bring, uh, you know, Donald Trump's face into this. You don't have to bite that hard politically mm-hmm. uh, to make the same point. And I think that's why I, I, I respect the movie for like, like if you know, you know, you know, like if you right. know your history, you know, this is like, you know, you clearly know who, what this is in reference to. Like there is no, there's almost no gray area to me on like who these people are, you know, uh, parallels of, right. Like you right. said, and um, it just, I think it, you know, I think it does its job in terms of, of that. Right. Yeah. I think all of that, like I said, I was really with Jeff Kanata's point of view of it's shining a light on society and what's currently going on. And isn't that crazy? And so yeah. there's humor to be mined out of that. And all of the performances, all the cast in this, the writing I thought was just spot on. I was laughing throughout. I was really enjoying it. It's a little bit long, I would say. Um, mm, that's the only yes, thing. Yes. And Vice was kind of long too as I was watching it. Yeah, but, Timothy Chalamet doesn't show up for like 90 minutes. Right. Like he doesn't yeah. show up until way into the movie, which you right. know, like you, you would think a guy, and I don't know when they made it, how what his profile was, but I mean like a guy that's you know as big as he is now, like in, you know, in terms of Doom, and all, I, I was right. thinking he would show up earlier. I think I thought they were going to have him more. Uh, right. The, but yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely um, was surprised when he showed up because I didn't know he was in the movie. And yeah. like you said, that's he would be a heavy hitter today if a movie's coming out today. Mm-hmm. But I think because the cast was so stacked, like there's so many heavy hitters. Yeah. Like you said, you know, Meryl's from Meryl Streep and Leo, just just those two alone. Yeah. You're like, where'd are, the budget go? You know, how did yeah, you get those, these names together? <laughs> right. Those are huge, huge guys. And Leo's a big if you know anything about him um personally. He's a big climate change guy. He's I've always seen him driving electric car, or hybrid cars, and now he's driving electric cars. He's yeah. always been an advocate for even That's with um, speech, you know the one Oscar he won or whatever he right. did that you know yeah. What was the um, the the movie thing, the yeah the doc Inconvenient Truth oh Inconvenient um, Truth yeah yeah he was a big backer of that and he was you know always behind Al Gore's initiative. Mm-hmm. So this I felt like was right up his alley of, and that's probably why he chose to do it. Let's tell people about climate change and give them something that is like fantastical and very obvious versus what is actually happening with climate change, where it's like, this is happening over 30 years, right? So people are not taking action right away and saying, oh, this is an imminent danger, even though it is like, this is the same thing as is if you look at the science and the projections, the same thing is going to happen as far as extinction of humans and not being able to live on the planet and having to go to another, you know, having to off outsource the world and, and get yeah. off planet. Well, only, only the rich and wealthy and highly political people will, you know, our grandparents aren't going to make it. Right. You know, and that's also going to make it is kind of the sense of that, of this. Movie. Right. And that's also something that you and I talk about all the time of class and society being able to have the richest people have the power and the lowest class have no voice, have no power. How do we change that? That's what I'm always interested in is not necessarily like, okay, that's, that's a problem and that's it. Just give up. There's nothing that we can do. I was like in my mind to think, okay, I I understand that's, 
that is a problem. How do we fix that? How do we change that? Yeah. So I like that happens from that thought. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I like the science. And like I said, the logic of it and, and logic is, you know, you can argue people's logics are different, but science is, you know, you can't mistake that it's, it's peer reviewed. It's, it's, you're going over it over and over again. And if somebody finds something different, then it's changed. It's not just set in stone, which that made me laugh. The, the Tim Cook kind of guy, or not the Tim Cook, but like kind of like the Steve Jobs guy that uh, played by Mark Rylance, who was, he had like dentures and he had a wig, like he was completely different. Um, But his whole thing of like, um, not, I just lost my train of thought because I was thinking about his voice that he was doing for that, that character, that Tim Cook (laughs) character. Um, But yeah, the, the business and the richest people have the influence on the the politics and then the mm-hmm. politics have the influence on the you know the the policies that go ahead from yeah. that and, and it's funny because they you know they take directly from that of people talking about you know like eventually you know corporatizing you know or yeah right right space and like in doing that and it, and it was an interesting like hey instead of you know deflecting this thing which you know i mean there are, you know, within the last 10 years, there have been comets. I mean, you can Google this. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody's into science, like, you know, that I, that as much as, not as much as I am, but like, I don't know if anybody pays attention to it. Like, right. Like, or if you do, but like, there's, you know, like five, six years ago, we had, you know, a comet. You can Google, it was a big story is Apophis, uh, A-P-H-O-P-H-I-S or something like that, or A-P-O, something. Um, you can just Google it. Just look like Google, like comet keyhole. There was a you know a comet that was coming towards Earth that like if if it passed through this particular keyhole that the scientists can measure like it was gonna come back in twenty years and hit Earth right and it would be you know extinction level right right this stuff happens and like you know you feel like the coverage of it is like minimal you know or and it's like right it's like, like you know and in 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 that in the coverage of that where when they did you know they were talking about the same stuff here of like how can you deflect it how can you maybe break it up there's like all that conversation uh it comes from like you know if we're talking about recent events comes from that um and like thinking about what you know what we could possibly do um and i just want to say one other thing too while i was thinking about it in this movie so if we could talk about the end real quick which i mean to me was um i was like good i'm glad they did this you know uh, <laughs> basically they it tried- actually hit the earth it actually yeah, it the actually extinction the went through yeah, they so basically what happens is they they want to deflect it. Everybody's deflecting it, and then you know the other countries, non-United States countries like Russia, China, I forget who else they lobbied to get it. They're like they're Korea. a mission. Yeah, they're going to do a mission to deflect the rocket, and then when they go to launch their their uh, you know rocket or whatever their thing was, um, something blows it up. Basically hinting that like the United States blew up you know the thing that was going to deflect the comet rather than mine it. So then, of course, you know, the mining, you know, rockets go up from the Apple, Tim Cook-like guy, and then yeah. those fail. And then, uh, obviously, you know, the, the comet hits Earth, and basically everybody dies. And did you watch after the credits, or did you watch? Yes. Did you see the, the Jonah Hill thing at the end? Yes. He came out of the rubble? Yeah. Uh, but so everything, and then they show, like, you know, uh, the richest and wealthiest people that were able to escape, you know, on their uh, spaceships. You know, your Jeff Bezos, you know, your virgin mobile guy you know right. uh, anal- analogs uh you know they escape and they go to another planet and just die right away basically is kind of the the implication of it so it was all for nothing you know they did yeah. all that 
to right. escape and thought they were going to do something, but they just died anywhere else. Like they're not going to start a civilization, you know? Right. And uh, I think the, I think the movie uh, leaves you with kind of an uneasy feeling. Like, I think that's maybe why some people wouldn't like it is because it's not comfortable either. You right. Know? Like you're going to, you feel like you're, you're, it feels like you're in the car, you know, you're in the car without brakes and like this right. is showing you that, you know what I mean? Like that's how, that's only kind of the feeling I can like describe. It's like, Hey, I'm on this thing. And yeah, you're hurtling towards something you can't stop, you know? And like, yes, people seem unwilling to even try at this point. Right. And it's something that you as an individual is not going to be able to stop. There has to be a collective of the world that comes together to stop this yeah. because we don't have the individual resources to be able to stop it on our own. And that, uh, Ron Perlman scene, at the end when he was trying oh, to yeah. stop it with <laughs> with his individual guns. He's like, ah, you're not yeah, going to yeah. take me alive. Him yeah. in the movie was funny the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, he had a very small role, but he was funny. Yeah, um, he was going to be the, va- the face, the savior uh, that they wanted to right. do, like, for public relations and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. good. So, yeah, all of that stuff was great. Um, I I don't think there was anything I did not like about the movie, like I said, except for the length, um, just being a little bit too long. Yeah. I really liked the kind of, you know, actually, I was getting Vice in my mind because I just watched Vice like recently. So some of those scenes were blending together with Don't Look Up. Now, I'm, I'm, I was thinking yeah. of a scene from Vice, but I'm not going to spoil it. Um, but I like the kind of, you can have the lefty, and I'm not a big, and I'm not huge into politics, but I'm always interested in the way people think. So having those two sides of, the lefty progressive and the, and the hard right winger and they can both laugh at the same yeah. time. That right. I think is a win. If you're able to do that, I don't mm-hmm. think necessarily some people, I, I can see a lot of people that have a different viewpoint, not liking this because they feel like they're being talked down to, or they're being made fun of. And I don't necessarily think that I think it's just kind of like showing this is what it is. This is what's happening in real life right now. And if you agree with that and you continue to agree with that, then I don't think you should feel offended. It's just, that's what it is. That's the way you look like, like, you know, as you're not looking at logic until you see it in, in the sky. Look, there it is. It's right there. Yeah. Wait a minute. You lied to us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's, and I think that's where, you know, that's why I think this fits so well with COVID. We talked about it being like a global warming, you know, a weather, a climate change thing. Um, and they kind of fit one in the same because you can't see either of those coming. There's no, like you can't, you know, right. like at least a comment, there's something to do, you know, like there's right. like, Hey, this is a physical thing that you can see and touch. And like, there's, there's something there. Whereas the analogs with or the comparisons to, you know, COVID and uh, climate change, those are like, like you mentioned earlier, you there's you cannot see those things. These are going to happen over a long period of time, or you know, uh, yeah. I think it's uh, it's kind of a depressing movie in, in some aspects when you <laughs> get to the end. But there's a lot of funny stuff, I'd say, in between. Um, and yeah, and like we mentioned earlier, I was going to say to the the cast, like there's a lot of people in this movie. Like you know, they got Ariana Grande in the movie. Yeah. I, was like, oh, I didn't realize. I didn't even know that. You know what I mean? I knew. I didn't either. Know, I didn't yeah. know. I was like, oh, they got her in this. That was weird. Yeah. I, I liked the cast, like I said. Um, mm-hmm. And I would highly recommend Jeff check out 
Vice and the Big Short, like I said, it's, for me, the Big Short interested me more because of the subject material. Right. Um, Vice may interest you more from a political, if you like, I mean, but you you probably already know a lot of the stuff about the Bush administration that I did not know. So yeah. as I was watching and I was learning a lot of stuff, because the only experience I had with Dick Cheney before that was SNL, when people would play Dick Cheney oh, right. okay. on so SNL. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I didn't know his history. Things that happened, like the yeah, shooting. I knew he shot somebody. Yeah. Like that's, and he had a heart attack. Like that's the things that I knew about Dick Cheney. So mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed Christian Bale's performance, but overall that movie left me, I, I, I guess it left me feeling lacking because I don't, really care about dick cheney that much and i don't care about the bush administration so the big short was more entertaining to me but anyways both of those are good movies i think you should watch them um and the last thing i want to say about don't look up i think we both liked the movie overall we both enjoyed it and would recommend it yeah my favorite scenes i think were the leonardo dicaprio and the jennifer lawrence rants that they had on that morning show where they're just are you crazy? Yeah, just screaming to people like, do you not understand? We are going to die. There's going to be a comet that hits the earth, and you guys are acting like, well, that's nice. All right, now on to the weather. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just completely just acting like everything's going to, you know, be normal for the rest of the time. So yeah. that stuff was all great to me. And, and I think anyone who is listening to this podcast and who likes the type of stuff that me and Jeff like, you're going to like Don't Look Up. So that's on Netflix. You can watch it right now. Don't Look Up. Yep. All right. So let's move on to... Actually, before we get into our weekly recommendations, when Mm -hmm. Peacemaker released three episodes on HBO Max. Now, we didn't get a chance to watch all three, but I think you and I both watched the first episode, right? Yeah, I watched the first two. Okay. So we have a general understanding of what the series is going to be i think from that at least even from that first episode and to me it looks like they didn't miss a beat coming off the suicide squad it looks like james gunn and john cena are just like having a blast from what they their experience on the suicide squad and james gunn said this in interviews he's like i had so much fun writing that character peacemaker and then john cena's performance of it I I wanted more. I wanted to keep on going. And it looks like just from episode one, that's what this is going to be. If you liked John Cena as Peacemaker in the movie, you're going to like the show. It's just more of that. And I was going to say, you know, I remember when Cena was trying to get into acting and he has some terrible ass movies out there. I'm pretty sure like those, like it's like that Walmart, like DVD with 15 movies on it. You buy for like $2. I mean, I don't know who would buy those. I've never bought one of those, but (laughs) Like, you know, they exist or whatever. Um, right. The, in like... The Marine. Yeah, and we meant, yeah, right, yeah. Or whatever, the the whatever, yeah. Right. And, uh, the, he, and, and we talked about this with Suicide Squad where I was like shocked that he was like, I was like, oh man, he, like, James Gunn made me like this guy. Like, James Gunn, you know, is, that's how strong James Gunn is, is he mm-hmm. can make a guy that I really did not want to see in a movie. Right. Uh, you know, he ended up, ended up being great. And it's the same thing here where I'm like, and you know, and Suicide, Suicide Squad kind of tempered that. So I was excited for this. You know what I mean? Um, right. But, well, uh, I think what I would say for that, it's, I think his choices, and we talked about Leo's choices, like him being in one movie a year. And I think Jennifer Lawrence, too. There are certain actors that you can see 
they will do anything. And certain actors that, okay, that you can tell they're more choosy with their roles. I think John Cena has been one of those ones where it's his choices rather than his acting ability. Because when I think about him in like Trainwreck with Amy Schumer, or there was that, um, the Amy Poehler and Tina Fey movie, I forgot where there were sisters, whatever that was. Mm -hmm. He was good in that. Uh, He was okay in Bumblebee, but I think it's more his choices rather than his acting ability. Because even in WWE, like he's playing that character and you may, you may like that character. You may not like that character, but I think, Oh, sisters was the name of that. Um, But it's, I never thought he was doing a bad job of acting whenever he was playing a character in WWE. So I think, like you're um, going into it and saying, oh yeah, John Cena kind of sucks for it as an actor. I think it's been more his choices. And we're seeing that in Suicide Squad, I think. I'm sorry, in Suicide Squad and in Peacemaker, if he has the right material, John Cena is able to shine. You know, like he he's not the type of actor that's going to do Meryl Streep. He's not going to do every role is going to be great. He's a fucking, he, and he also looks like, you know, I mean, he's comically like muscular, right? Right. To be honest, you know, what right? I mean? Like, just, and that's fine. You know, he's a wrestler or whatever, but like, you know, you can't put that in. Like, he's not going to do the Leo nerd role. You right. know, what I mean? like it's right. just not going to work. Like, so I think. Well, for comedy, that could be like you put glasses on him, and he's like, "I'm an IT nerd, guys," but yeah. he's like this huge guy, so that yeah. could be funny. But yeah, I I get what you're saying. It's hard to look. Same with the Rock, right? Like, it's hard yeah. to look at them and say. Oh yeah, this guy's a nerd, um, yeah, and be a dramatic role. Yeah, or there's much substance because you're like, man, this guy is just comically large. You know, right. like like it's almost it's the thing that slaps you in the face with those two, right? Because you see it. That's the first thing you see. Which is why but, I think I'm glad James Gunn was able to turn because he it's like the perfect role for him. Uh, right. I mean, obviously, this is the best thing I think scene has been in, or the best role he's ever done. But it lends to the character. You know, it like right. It, it they it, it's kind of a it's a great matchup in terms of like character and actor you know yes and that's that's you every every time I see that where a director and an actor team up and they're just a great team I just want to keep seeing that it's actually interesting that Adam McKay is going to be doing more with Jennifer Lawrence in that Bad Blood because it seems like they have a good relationship but that's another thing certain directors can bring out certain things in in actors. And that's one. I think James Gunn has done a fantastic job with John Cena. And yeah. and we saw the same thing with Batista. Like, yeah, Batista. whoever thought Batista was yeah. a good actor, right? Actually, very similar. He yeah. was in WWE. He was in some trash, you know, WWE yeah. roles. Then yeah. you start seeing him in Blade Runner. Then you start seeing him in Guardians, after Guardians of the Galaxy. His yeah. career kind of took off Stuber and like he had more leading man roles versus all right, he's the James Bond villain that falls out the train. Like mm. spoilers for that movie. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think James Gunn is great with certain actors and being able to bring that out for them. And then the actors have loyalty to them. Like Batista's like, I'm not doing it if James Gunn is not doing another Guardians, right? Yeah. Um so yeah, it, just can I think Peacemaker just continues that art me and you it, our love for James Gunn as a writer and a director, it just continues with Peacemaker. And you know what I like about him is he, 
and 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 this is like and I you know it's like the opening you know our friend Aaron thought <laughs> I would not like the intro to this show uh-huh but I don't think he knows me very well apparently because like that was the perfect kind of like goofy like yes what well, I think James Gunn comedy like that is the thing that I want from yeah. his movies or his whatever shows you know his stuff. I think the reason why he said that that you would not like it his his real words were Jeff is going to rage when he sees this intro. Yeah. I think he thought you were going to take it as a drama as a like serious whereas but, you took it which is exactly the way it was meant to be taken as a parody as comedy as something that is ridiculous and funny and that's yeah. exactly what it was. And this just feels like it is this is kind of like the perfect encapsulation of I'm like you know, if you find this to be funny, like if this is good, like you're in the James Gunn, like you know what you know what I mean, yes. like you know what you're getting. You're I don't want to say like a smart person, but like like all right, you know, you know what I mean, like you're you're in on it. You know, what yeah. I mean, like, this is not like a you know. Well, I think he I'm definitely found his like. Yeah, you and I have have liked James Gunn from going way back, but I think this this current era of his career, he's really hit his stride where yeah, it's mainstream and it's. Like his sentimentality, because he's had stuff before where he did Super and he did um, Slither, where it was like more independent, more low key, or not low key, but I guess less mainstream. Let's put it that way. And now he's hit Guardians of the Galaxy. He's had his PG 13. And now with the DC stuff, he's doing with Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. He's full on R rated James Gunn. No holding back on words. Yeah, it's you James Gunn. You know, yeah. Yeah, but it's still, like, mainstream. It's HBO Max, it's DC. Even though Peacemaker's not, like, Superman, it's still James Gunn. Like, he's not being, like, censored. He's not being yeah. held back on anything. So, and um, I loved Peacemaker. About it, too. I think it's a great commentary on his... Like I'm glad that like Peacemaker is becoming James Gunn's baby, you know, mm-hmm. much like Guardians I think has. Like, and right. there's gonna be writers that like piggyback off of what he's done, but like it is very much like it's his character. Yeah, you I know? think he's gonna be remembered for these and both he, going yeah going forward. It's gonna be like Peacemaker and Guardians is gonna be what he's remembered for. Like if you do a Batman movie, and you know, obviously, like me and you are super hyped up for this new one. Um, yes, yes, and we're excited. But like, there's there's a legacy to live off there, and you're you're never gonna be able to make a Batman movie and not like have the words like Heath Ledger come up at some point, mm-hmm. you know, and like the performance that he put in on like on that movie. Um, so I think there's like the expectations, and that's why I like about the James Gunn movies is number one, we both look at him, we're like, what the hell is this guy doing in here? And then it's great. But also, yes. it, it gives us, he's choosing characters that are, like, historically not, like, there's not much, not much there in terms of, you know, especially, like, current, you know, content or whatever, or current, you know, things happening. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think this is, like, much like Guardians, this is, like, another home run for him that, like, where he took this character that is not getting much uh, play, let's say, and uh, it's it's been great. Yeah. All right, so that was Peacemaker. We're going to continue it. Like I said, they released three episodes all at once, so we're going to continue watching it and give also, you a report. Yeah, just a real quick joke. You're, you'll get to this, but when he talks about crying as uh, face exercises, he's exercising his face. <laughs> <laughs> you have a skinny face because you aren't doing face exercises. <laughs> it's great. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to look forward to that 
Um, oh yeah, I gotta also gotta give a shout out to Eagly because mm-hmm. that oh. scene <laughs> when he hugs him, I was just laughing. I was dying laughing. Sweet um, cheeks. Is that in the first yeah. episode? Sweet yes, cheeks. That yeah. is in the first one. Yeah. So that's great. So all that stuff is great. And I'm gonna continue Peacemaker. Something else that I would continue is gonna be my weekly recommendation. Now this is where you go off the rails. Go ahead. No, no, no. A weird So something that I have been watching this week that I really enjoyed was <laughs> the second season. I think I had talked to you about the first season of The Real World Homecoming. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's Basically, the original cast of The Real World, which was the first reality show from 30 years ago, came back and they they recorded, they basically just kind of recorded, hey, what, what are you guys doing 30 years later, right? And put them all in the house again. And I thought that was it. That was just going to be one and done. Oh, okay. It was six episodes. That was good. I liked it, enjoyed it. That was going to be the end of it. Then I see the second season of the real world homecoming. And I was like, what? They came back. And then they did the, the second season of the the second cast from the real world, which was Los Angeles. And I was a big real world guy when I was growing up. That was my, one of my favorite shows. Like I was a big MTV kid. I loved, you know, Beavis and Butthead, um, MTV, you know, rap, MTV, yo, MTV raps, um, everything that was real world. Yeah. Real world. Road rules I didn't get into as much, but the first 10 seasons of Real World, I was like watching every episode. So to watch the first cast come back and see what they're doing 30 years later, and then now this one, to watch the second cast come back, it was crazy for me because I have that memory of the original 93, 92 and 93 um, seasons. My wife had not seen any of it, but she watched it with me, and they show you clips from the original series. And she got invested in it because of the drama of what happened with the new... Like, these guys came back 30 years later. They're like 30 years of weight being put on them. Yeah, that's 30, still eat you bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. 30 years of resentment. Because it's like, dang, it's been 30 yeah. years. You guys haven't made up your yeah. arguments that you had. But I will say this season was two episodes longer than the first season. Mm-hmm. And it was much, I, I would say the drama level was heightened. There was yeah. a ton of drama, ton of stuff happened. And that yeah. was what hooked my wife. She was like, what? And in comparison, the first season, not much actually happened in the first season besides one of the cast members just left. Cause she was after one episode, she was like, all right, I'm done with this. I was like, why did you agree to appear on here? Anyways. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, I'm sure. You know that 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 has to do with the uh, yeah like the productions of the show. Like I'm assuming right. they're going to continue these because all these people probably need a little bit of money. Well, not yeah, I was sure. thinking about that because a lot of these guys they're not doing very much. But yeah. the third season has already been greenlit, and I think they shot it already. And that was either New Orleans or Las Vegas. I don't know why I keep getting those mixed up, but it's mm-hmm. one of those casts is going to be the next Real World Homecoming season three. Uh, look that up, Jeff. Yeah, look it up. Um, I was like I said, Jimmy Chung come into play. You know when when does my wife come into play here? Come on, that she was a San Diego season, so I don't think she's going to be coming back. But she's one of the most successful ones, along with the Miz, who yeah. became a WWE legend. Yeah, yeah who? Because we had this discussion. I'm like, who is relevant out of all of the like? Not many. Like, there's not like people that carried over. 
I think the Miz is number one. I think he's been he's had a steady career for the last yeah. like twenty years. Yeah. And Jamie Chung has been kind of up and down. Like she's been in stuff. She was Mulan on that ABC. She'd be recognizable, like to yeah. Face. Like I think you would she, know Jamie Chung. She and I'm was, talking about outside of like the challenge bullshit, right? Uh, well, know, it was so. to the point where I didn't know she was on the Real World. I just yeah. knew her as an actress, right? So right. that's when you know. That's when it's like, okay, this person is famous because you didn't even know they were on the Real World. Versus <laughs> these other guys, they are famous because they were on the Real World, and that's very present in this episode because. One of the the people on this season, Tammy, she yeah. was on Basketball Wives, and get this, Jeff, she was married to Kenny Anderson, who was oh, an oh. NBA like, oh. huge point guard. Like this yeah. is a a really big deal. She's divorced from him now, but she had her own like she's had a lot of stuff outside of the real world. So, uh, oh, it's New Orleans. Um, real world homecoming season three is New Orleans, which I did watch that cast as well so i'm gonna be interested to see that one when it comes out probably next year and they're it looks like they're all coming back nice well yeah that was the other thing in the yeah. first real world everybody came back but one of the guys got covid so he couldn't be in the same room as the other cast so he did like video like uh-huh. he was did video chats with them this one two of the guys were just like nah i'm good i don't need to i don't Ooh. need to be known for the real world so I yeah. was kind of disappointed because I was like, oh, I want to see what those guys are up to 28 years later. Yeah. Um, and I'll say, in my memory, this third one, I might watch this third one. This nice. will be the one that I, because nice. this is the one, this might be the first one I ever watched because I okay. remember these people, right? Like we talked about this before. Yeah. Like, and, you know, we were going back through it and I, and I thought like what an interesting like uh, thing, especially now. So um, I can't remember uh, the names. I'm not going to try to remember them actually uh, at, off the top of my head. Um, I have a list of who they are, and I know some of the names, like Julie from the new seat or from the third yes. seat. Like I know, right. I know some of the names, but um, there's things that I that like you know they had they we, we were watching uh, we were pulling up clips of the cast like joining the house. Remember, like we were like like oh yeah, this is that one. This guy's in this one. This is the house they're in. Blah blah blah. Um, and this one in particular was was kind of uh, funny is the wrong word, but interesting. Where they had a guy from Chicago. They had two people from Chicago. It was the a white dude and a black dude on that show. One was from the south side. One was from the north side. Um, which I mean, if, if you don't know about Chicago is basically one from the poor side, one from like the well-off side. Right. And, uh, and they had, you know, to the, that, that's still being the case today, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That was take on, on that. actually, that's a good thing to bring up as well. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff with black lives matter, racism, uh, LGBTQ, a lot of the issues that were going on in the original season of yeah. both one and two mm-hmm. from 92 and 93 are still going on in 2022. So that yeah. was kind of crazy to see that a lot of these issues are still there. They have not been solved or they haven't been, you know, there's, they're not much better than they were. So that's, it's interesting to look from a historical perspective yeah. of, Hey, what's been happening the last 30 years? Cause you know, we're busy living our lives. We're not right. necessarily thinking about, Hey, remember the real world? In '92, remember what was happening? And, and they don't. They and now the reason the reason the real world real world is irrelevant now is because they don't like you can see anything from any walk of life on a YouTube video, right? Right. Like, it's more instant versus real world. All right, we got to film it. 
we got to like, edit it. First time you saw a gay guy, this is who you knew, you know, or like the even just the things like you know you're exposed to more now, you know. Yeah. Like, well, also at reality. that time, that was the only reality show. Yeah. When that first came out, like I said, that was the first reality show. Now we've got a new reality show every day, you know, coming out. So there's the oversaturation of the market, and then also the immediacy of, like you said, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter. Instagram, Facebook Live, you can get this stuff out there right away versus the real world. You're filming it and it's coming out months later. And, so and it's not as immediate. And to me, it's always the the subjects that make it interesting. The, oh, like, yeah. You know, me being in political, like the, like the, in this, this upcoming third one, like they have like the don't ask, don't tell, which now oh. is like, you look at it, you're like, you're like, what the hell was that? Right. You know, like what an archaic thing it feels like. Right. But it was interesting then, you know, they had to hide. Those you know those dudes' faces kind of because they couldn't. He, one was in the military and they couldn't be gay. You can't talk about it or nothing like that. And it's like, yes, what a weird thing you can't just talk about it. Like who gives a shit? You know what right. I mean? Uh, in some worse respects. So I think that's the where these become interesting to me is to revisit some of the like the ongoings that were you know like like that was a big deal then. Now I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, uh, or right. Like, you know, obviously we've evolved as society, uh, thank God, um, right. <laughs> into something where that's not a thing anymore, you know? Yeah. So I just found all of that stuff to be interesting from the point of I watched the original cast, what was going on in history, and then also the drama that's going on. So that I think the entire season was great. Oh. If and for us, the music, right? We like. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. They use the music. Yeah. Yes, whatever music was popular in '93 and what was being played on MTV, I guess they have the right still to to play it now. And so it took me back to that time period because, like I said, I was a huge MTV fan. That was where I got introduced to a lot of the music was on MTV and also BET, which which Paramount owns both. I don't know if you know this, but Paramount CBS owns both BET and. MTV, uh, yeah, as well as Comedy Central, Nickelodeon. Um, right. Isn't Viacom the overall company for that, I think? I guess. Everything. And yeah. so I watched this on Paramount Plus, and it has all of that stuff. I was just watch. I was just showing my wife uh, some Fairly Odd Parents episodes last night. So they've got Nickelodeon, Comedy Central. I was actually going deep, and Paramount Plus actually has a lot of stuff. You know, that's not one that we talk about a lot. We always talk about Netflix, Hulu, mm-hmm. um, and other ones, but... Paramount Plus has actually got a lot of good stuff on it. So I was going through that, and I think you should as well. So that's my weekly recommendation for this week. What was your recommendation for this week, GF? So I guess my recommendation is going to be something we watched last night. Yeah. Me and you and your wife went to yes. see the new Scream. Is it Scream 5? Or are we calling this Scream 2022? Well, the original, or I should say, the way that it's listed online, like if you go to IMDb, it's just Scream and it's list, it was released in 2022. Yeah. But technically but, this is the fifth Scream movie. And you know, it was funny cuz I I went when you text me, do you want to go watch this? I was like, what is he trying to get us into? You know, <laughs> like this is going to be a shit show. Um and then when we sat down and watched it, I was like I was like, wow. Like I actually we walked out of there and I was like, that was pretty good. Like that was Yeah surprisingly well, good. I think that was the vibe. I don't know how you felt about it. Um, yeah, I also enjoyed it and I guess you didn't know this about me. That was my favorite horror movie growing up. That franchise mm-hmm. was what I was like. I was never into horror movies. I didn't like Friday the 13th. I didn't like Texas Chainsaw, you know, the slasher horror movies. But when Scream came out, it was making fun of those. It was meta. It was referencing other movies. 
And so yeah. for me, that was like my way in. I was like, yeah, this is great. This is exactly the type of stuff that I like. So I've always been a fan of the season, or say the series overall. Yeah. And I showed my wife during COVID, I think, one, two, and three. And then right. for whatever reason, we, oh, I think it was because uh, my son was born. So we never got to four. So when mm. this one came out, I was like, oh, I showed her four the night before we saw it. And then I invited yeah. you to go watch which the one new has, one with which us. Which one has Creed on the soundtrack? <laughs> or is that, oh, that Scream? Remember that? That's got to yeah. be the first one, maybe, <laughs> judging by the, that was like 96. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, or maybe was it five? No, it couldn't have been four, right? It couldn't have been four. Now, four was 10 years ago. So that was like the most Scream three. Scream okay. three. And that was the one with Jane Silent Bob. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. There yes. is. Um, so I'm a, like I said, I'm a fan of the franchise overall. Yeah. And this was exactly what I wanted. It was a modern Scream talking about modern horror movie tropes, talking about what's currently going on. That's the same thing they did in the last one, although the requel, yeah, yeah, I like the kind. Of, <clears throat> excuse me, I like the terminology of a requel, talking about movies that have a tie to the past, and you want them to be fresh, but also you still want the nostalgia, and that's what we talk about. We've been talking about that recently with Halo Infinite, with Force Awakens, with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Those franchises and properties that are living off of nostalgia scream yeah. did it and they commented on it so they had the original actors nev campbell courtney cox and david arquette mm-hmm. and they introduced new people and they talked about current horror movies like babadook and the witch so i yeah. liked all of that stuff so for me it was a win it was yeah. definitely a good experience and i'm glad you had the same yeah um, but i what do you think about this the last movie, there's some things that kind of date it by being so relevant and so current. It dates it because when I watched it again, because I hadn't seen it since 2012, you know, when it came out or 2011. Yeah. And when I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, those were things like the hairstyles, like commenting on what was oh. happening. A lot of it was internet and live streaming. So remember oh. Justin.tv? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turned into Twitch eventually. Yes. That's what they were like. There was a guy who was live streaming the murders, live streaming everything. He was walking around his high school and live streaming. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was a thing at the time of live streaming your life. Now it's more like vlogging and Twitch, like you said, where you're stationary. But it's something that it's cool because it makes it feel relevant at the time. But I think it's a double edged sword because it's going to date it if you watch it 10 years later. It's not. When I was watching it, the cell phones, like the laptops, you know, the technology dated it and the references dated it. So I think with this one that we just watched, it's also going to be like that where referencing the the modern horror movies right now being like psychological, emotional, having these different layers and levels. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's going to be like in 10 years. Yeah. You know, and just a couple of things too. And I agree with everything you said too. Um, there's a couple moments I just remember, like, the thing when we were getting into it, and I, I was almost going to lean over to you and be like, oh, here we go. One of those, one of those things, right? But oh, yeah. It, like a horror movie that. trope. Yeah. Or not mm-hmm. even a horror movie trope, but just like, oh, here's the, the requel concept. I was like, mm-hmm. here we go. Oh, right, right, right. You know, I was like, this is going to be boring. And 
Um, and it's funny when you're there, there's a scene where they're all in that room and, you know, Dewey's character, you know, David Arquette shows up and they're trying to, you know, they're, you know, investigate who is the killer and all that stuff. Like they're, they're, you know, directly commenting on it. Like the, you know, all the other ones are, um, and, uh, there, you know, and she lays out the concept for a requel. I think yes. from that moment, I was like, all right, I'm in, you know, in nice. like, this is nice. I can, cause like they were, you know very like it was like on the nose like hey like we know what we're doing here like you know like there's not and like it's making fun of itself um like the other ones obviously but um it was actually kind of refreshing for for that and i think for them to give that a name to the requel i hadn't Mm -hmm. seen that anywhere else or that being a reference uh maybe i'm just missing out on stuff but uh i was like yeah that was the first time that was the first time i ever heard of that right to kind of encapsulate that and um you know at the end of this they they did a, you know, they said, you know, they had like a little tribute on screen for Wes and stuff. And, uh, yes. and I think this Which, is, I don't remember the last movie. I don't, I don't remember, like, I remember seeing three because I remember Creed and like cringing and being like, oh God, <laughs> I don't remember the last movie. Um, but uh, I think this is the first one since Wes Craven had, had died, I think. Yes. Cause and, the last one was, he directed the last one and it was 10 years ago. Yeah. And he, uh, and I think this is like a solid follow-up, you know, I would say, and you know, it's funny. We, uh, I had the same thing. And I'm not a huge horror guy, but you know, um, I do like, you know, some of that eighties, like, you know, Freddie, Jason, you know, yes. those movies. And right. you know, it's, it's interesting. And I, to that, you know, Wes Craven had, you know, the scream franchise and the nightmare on Elm street franchise, which both incorporate comedy. You know, there's uh you know, there are staples, I think in that genre. And I actually, my brother is super into horror movies. Like he was the first person that, um, you know, that new, uh, that antlers movie, um, who's the uh, del Toro, you know? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. The first person that to me that was like, Hey, we, you know, I want to see this, that, you know, he's, he's super into this stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I talked to him last night and I, I was telling him like, Hey man, like you should probably watch this. Like, I don't know if you should go to the theater. And I feel like this is probably going to do bad. Cause there was a grand total of like maybe 10 people in our theater or something right. like that, or like maybe 12. Uh, but, um, I told him, I was like, I was like, whenever it comes out, like, I feel like this thing might have legs on streaming more so than like the theater release. And I, and I hope that's the case. Um, cause I told him and he was like, yeah, I had heard, you know, I think there's a little bit of positive buzz around it, I think. Yes. Uh, which I'm glad to see. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you kind of had a good time and it changed your, or I guess it was different than your expectation of what it was going to be. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely was pleasantly surprised at how good it was and kept keeping up with the, um, the scream franchise. This is 25 years later after the original. And so did a great job of all of that stuff. Oh, I don't know if you know this speaking of kind of horror and, and stuff like that. The directors, there's two writer directors on this movie they also did VHS, which is kind of a popular. Yeah, I've horror. heard of that. Brother, know, again, that's something I've heard from my brother. Where he had yeah. Me, he so yeah, I'm that. sure. I'm sure he's gonna like this. They also did Devil's Do, Southbound, and Ready or Not. The only one of those I've seen is Ready or Not, and I liked it. So if you liked this, you'll probably like Ready or Not. Mm-hmm. So nice. Definitely, it is our weekly recommendation: Scream 2022. That's going to bring in close to this episode of Seasons Change. We'd like to thank you for listening. You can always check us out on our Twitter page, Seasons underscore podcast, anchor.fm slash Seasons Change. 
You can check out our show and leave us a message, a voicemail. The Anchor app gives you a button to leave a voicemail right on your phone. We will play it on the air if you send us a message. We'd like to give a huge thanks to our boy Shoff from the Geek So To Speak podcast, which you can always find Jeff and I playing video games on the Geek So To Speak YouTube page, so check that out. And I do a comic book segment over on Geek So To Speak. But our boy Shoff, who's one of the co-hosts of the show, does our little bumper. So if you'd like to hire him, he's a voiceover artist. I leave a link in our show notes to his Fiverr page. So check him out over there. If you would be so kind, leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. If they have a review system, let all of your friends and family know that Jeff W. and I are here every week talking about what we've been consuming on Seasons Change. So that's going to do it for this week. Jeff, I think I hear some screaming in the background. I hear some noises. You know what that is? No. It's the seasons changing. Boo. Get out of here. <laughs> and Shoff's here too.